Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Good morning, Bill. Another good day. It is. Hey, uh, big news. We are actually recording in a new location today. New location. So we are in... Uh, the colony the of colony. Texas, and uh, there's a great little cigar shop here. It's not little, actually. It's huge, and it's called Cigar International, and uh, they've been gracious enough to let us set up in the corner at 9 a.m. and uh, do some podcasts. Yeah. Um, in the s- fall, uh, we're actually going to start season two. Whoop, whoop. Yes, we are. And uh, we're going to kick off season two, hopefully, with some podcasts with our wives involved. Uh, that's our hope. They don't know it yet, but um, well, mine doesn't know it yet. But not anyways, at all. <laughs> not at all. No, we're we're excited to be here and be a, be a part of what what God has continued to do in your life and your journey. Uh, you know, if you if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, check us out at info at knownlegacy. dot org. We'd love to uh, connect with you. Check us out on Instagram. Instagram on is great, and then Facebook is always good too. At Canone Legacy. Canone, lovely Canone, Canone Legacy. So, a question for you: summertime, yes. Yes. and uh, summertime is all about pools. And watermelon and vacations, um, and often. You know, I almost wrote a country song. Did you really? Called what was it? Watermelon Summertime. Oh, but then I stopped writing music. Well, you should write it and then give it away to not give it away, but sell it to uh, Brad Paisley, and I bet he'd make <sighs> billions off of it. Yes, and I'll take his portion portion of billions. One <laughs> percent. That's 1%. all I'm asking. That's all one I'm million. Asking for. All I'm asking for one is one percent. Come on, what so, you do? One that? million dollars. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, but it's always t- great time to catch up on series, watch movies, and things like that. So, let me ask you: What have you and the family? What have you and the boy um, been watching? So. Um, we we kind of got into this World War II kick, and uh, we, we we actually my son was like, "Hey, Dad, can we watch Band, Band of Brothers again?" I'm like, uh, "Yes." So we watched the whole series in two days again, which nice. is awesome. And you know, you pick in up two days st- in two days, and you pick up two. You pick okay, up so things. for everyone up north, l- let's be honest, or across the world, um, Texas. The reason why this happens in Texas is literally by about nine o'clock in the morning, it is way too hot. To yeah. go outside. Oh, and it's so you're just stuck inside, or yeah. you're stuck in a pool. Yeah. Um, and since you're a ginger, uh, you would just immediately like burst into flames. And yeah, it happened <laughs> twice, and so uh, I don't want to do it again. So but sitting down watching TV during the day is kind of like the go-to activity. Well, when it's like 104 outside, yeah. And you're like, you know, I love when they say that it feels like this temperature, like oh, it's it's 84, but it feels like 106. I'm like, no, then it's 106. <laughs> Like, I don't know where you get this feels like stuff. It is 100. Like, if I'm cooking, if I'm cooking in my oven, it's like, well, set it to 350. It feels like 375. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's 104 outside. So, so we are, so here we are inside, you know, and, and we would, we would jump in the pool and come back in, you know, just like you said, we're eating watermelon, we're, you know, eating hot dogs, whatever we do. And we, we put on another, another band of brothers. Well, we finished it again. Awesome. And now we're both staring at each other like, I was like, hey, Gabe, do you want to check out this movie called Dunkirk? Oh. And he's like, yeah, what's what's it all about? I'm like, it's all about Churchill. And the good thing is, a few years ago, we got to go to London, and, he, and we went to the war rooms. Yeah, yeah. So we got to see, you know, what Churchill, oh, you know, what, you know, what he was. Yeah, his like bed and all that kind of stuff, like the whole thing down there. And so we watched Dunkirk, and uh, and we're watching it, and uh, and it's so neat because the whole storyline, as I'm reading it, or as you know, as I'm reading into it, right, um, and trying to explain to him what's going on with the. You know, the one day, one week, one hour thing about the planes and the boats and all that kind of stuff. 
it hits me that that as I, I remember researching, and if I'm wrong, historians, please come and tell me. Oh, I'm sure they will. Most they historians will. will. It's okay. But it seemed like to me that this was a huge failure on the mind of the English, on the soldiers, and even on on Churchill. Absolutely. And so, so his goal was to get 30,000 troops out of France because what was happening was this Panzer division was coming in and they had stopped about a mile or two outside of the city. So so imagine like like a mile away from you was literally the enemy with guns drawn on you. Not just guns, but like the most advanced technology Warfare, driven yeah. you know, panzers and everything. Yes. And so 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 they stopped and you know there were two thoughts to this. The thought that I seem to agree with the most was um, Hitler wanted to get his 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 Luftwaffe, which is like his faithful men, to come in and just annihilate the English in like a prideful hit. Right. So he was waiting for them. The Panzers were stopped. I mean, the Panzers could have come in at any moment. Um, you know, they were still trying to bomb them with all the U-boats out there knocking down ships and things like this. But so they end up getting them out. I feel like I'm telling the end, the end of the Titanic. They end up getting them out. Sorry, <laughs> they do end up getting them out. I think we know that we don't speak right. You know, uh, German, German, and, and and nothing wrong with 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 Germans, but we're not we are not in Hitler's world right right, right now. Thank God. So 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 he he wanted to try and get thirty thousand out. He ended up getting three hundred and thirty thousand out. Wow, which is crazy. So what seemed to be a complete failure, and I remember watching the end of the movie, and you know they're on the train, and and, and you know, they're finally there, and these guys think that they failed. Like they think that that the English are going to hate them, right. and they, they have failed completely. Well, they kind of wake up on the train, and there's somebody tapping on it, and this guy hands hands him a bottle, and he's like, "You guys made it! Like you made it!" And, and they're they're cheering him on, and they came to realize that that their supposed defeat ended up becoming a victory. In fact, to the point to where uh, uh, Churchill did that the famous we shall defend our eyes whatever the cost may be that's actually a really good Churchill is that good? that was really good a little bit more slurred though because I think he drank a lot yeah and he you know he smoked constant cigars and he was he, he did all of his things and so 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 you had this guy you know the underdog of underdogs who is now you know kind of uh, the, the the prime minister making all these decisions with the thought that he could have failed but in the midst of his failure was actually the turning point in the war and became the greatest like resurgence of energy from those English. The rally call. To want to then, then destroy or, you know, stop right. the Nazis. Don't we have that? Like, like that's not a unique story to Dunkirk. That is, mm-hmm. that is it, there is something in, in our human history where I think it's God ordained, that breath of God, that image of God that's in us, that's able to look at utter failures like the Alamo. Remember the Alamo. It's the same thing. It was yeah. an utter failure. They slaughtered yes. everyone. According to, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, military annals, it was a complete rout, yeah. right? Yeah. And yet, the people were able to rally around that, not being embarrassed by it, not trying to hide it, not pretending like it didn't happen, but they were able to identify that failure and say, hey, we don't forget. Yeah. Don't forget this moment and let's get after it. Yeah. And I think there's something in the, the human DNA, the human spirit that um, on a on a big scale we can rally behind. The challenge for us as dads, yeah, and husbands and fathers, yeah, is that we don't take those great epic moments that we've seen in world history and bring them down to our very micro existence. Yeah, and 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 often instead of seeing these moments of failure as an opportunity to have a rally call to rely on the brotherhood to um you know to to really rely on the the heart of God and His salvation. 
um, we hide it, we pretend it didn't happen, or we continually beat ourselves up over it Absolutely. and not figure out how to overcome it. And I think that's what we want to unpack today is the idea that, dude, every single one of us, we the, the evil that's within us is absolutely unknown. Yeah. And, and how, how evil and how destructive we could do and just... Um, and the failures that haunt us from time to time. And I guess the question for us to start off with is, how are we doing with our failures? Yeah. You know, are we pretending like they're no big deal? Are we pretending like, um, you know, hiding them, uh, f- trying to forget about them, only to have them resurface at 2 a.m. in the morning when we wake up and we realize what an absolute tool we were and yeah. X, Y, and Z situation? Yeah. Um, and so what was that all about? And so I think that's that's kind of what we want to talk about. Yeah, and I think, I think even now as we as we... Talk about, um, you know, I was thinking about th- earlier th- this week. I've been so our, you know, the HOA, the you know that that's around our house loves to send me these love notes that say <laughs> your weeds are too high, and they send certified mail, certified mail. They tell me that my weeds are high. You know, we've been traveling a lot, so they're they're like super right. super tall. So finally, last week, I just got on my hands and knees and I started digging out this one side of my yard. I'm like, I'm going to just start pulling these weeds. Right. So I could see this certain percentage of weeds. I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad. So I just sit in there, you know, I'd put on my music and I'm pulling weeds. And then I I realized, I look up, it's been like 45 minutes. I'm sweating because it, again, feels like 104 (laughs) outside, even though it's- Don't worry, it's only 93. Don't worry, it's okay, good. And so so I I kept telling my body, it's only 93, (laughs) but it's 90, you know. And so I'm pulling these weeds and I, and I, I look up and I'm like, and I still had so many more to go. But now, so I'm on this side of my yard, I'm looking at it, and I, but I got down to the root of these weeds, and I just would toss them. Right. And I spent this time just weeding, weeding, weeding. And so many times we, you know, for, I, I will confess, for the last two and a half years, instead of pulling them, I just kept mowing them. I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to, well, now they're like, there's tons of them. Like, right, right. The crabgrass is tall. It looks like, I feel like I live in a field now. Okay, I'm just going to ask a question. You have a 15-year-old son, right? I do. I do. And yeah. he helps me. Does he, does he not know what a callus on his hand is from hard he, work? He does. Um, okay. He's actually okay. a really, really good good helper. Like, Because he sees me, hey, what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, pulling weeds. Okay, I'm like, and so are you. <laughs> and so so we're out there taking care of this. The question should be, what are we doing, Dad? What not are we, what are you doing. What are we doing, Dad? <laughs> so, but to realize it takes time, it took effort. I got the one side done, and then you stare, and you're like, all right, I got that part done. And then I look, and I see the other weeds that I, I need to pull. And so now is my attempt to begin to pull those. A piece at a time, a little bit. When I walk in, I'll grab a couple. I'll sit down. I'll pull a couple, and I'll keep going. Um, but this also has to affect our personal life, because right. the things, whether it's anger, whether it's lust, whether it's whether it's a deceitful spirit, whether whether at work we're making decisions that are causing that we look and go, you know what, this isn't really a big deal. Um, oh. I, I I can fudge the numbers a little bit. It doesn't can, hurt anyone. Exactly. It doesn't hurt anybody. Um, and so, or you know, I I work thirty eight hours. I should. You know, but I put down forty right. that kind of stuff. It's 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 my yard, and they shouldn't care what grows in my yard. Correct, right? correct. And, and it's amazing the lies we tell ourselves. And so maybe that's the first step, is yeah. to just take a pause and say, okay, what are the lies you're telling yourself about your sin? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that you've told yourself for so long that no longer does the reality, the weight, and the destruction of that sin, um, 
like the reality of that is, has been diminished. Yeah. It's been clouded over and you've been self-justified of like, who are you to tell me I can't look at pornography? Who are you to tell me it doesn't hurt anyone? You know, yeah, exactly. Um, or, you know, I, you know, my taxes. Okay. Or if I, <laughs> if I, if I decide to fudge numbers on my taxes, you know, I really didn't give that much last year, but and the government just wastes my money anyway. Exactly. And so we'd self-justify all of yes. this evil behavior. Absolutely crazy. And so I think it's time. So what, what we're talking about is it's time to pull the weeds. It's time, time to pull the weeds in our life. And that starts with confession. But it even doesn't just start with confession to God. It starts with confession to others. There's a verse that talks about this that shares a little bit about, about confession. Right. And I think that's, that's like, <laughs> again, the lie we tell ourselves. Yeah. Personal confession is great. Yeah. It's, but if it it's ends needed. there... You are basically adrift in the middle of the ocean, hoping that rescue will come. And God's like, I've given you rescue. It's that old joke, you know, the floodwaters are rising and, you know, the, the person's praying for rescue and they send the fire department like, no, God's going to rescue me. And then they send the, you know, the, the, the boat. Oh, God's going to rescue me. Now they're on the top of the chimney and the water's almost covering them. And they send a uh, helicopter. Oh, God's going to rescue me. Yeah, God's going to rescue you. Often through people, through yeah. the brotherhood that's around you, yeah. you know, to remind you of who you really are, to celebrate with you the victories that you can that that you have, but then also to have that honest conversation of like, um, dude, I I need a brotherhood right now because I see the temptations coming. Yeah, I mean to sit there and actually tell someone I'm lying at work, or to say, oh. man, I'm I'm fudging numbers here, or you know, hey. I don't work as hard as I should or whatever it is that causes us to kind of veer off a little and allow those weeds to continue to grow. Right. So uh, James fifteen sixteen says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So so confessing our sins one another is a huge part of it. We share with we share it with God. We share it with others. It's something powerful when you when you actually acknowledge this is my issue. Right. You know, I mean, even even unbelievers who who don't run to the word believe the idea that man, you need to confess this with your mouth, this where you are. Right. Because it creates a reality in your true stance with where you are emotionally and mentally. I've actually now just said it out loud. Well, this is it. Yes. Like it's when they say it's when someone says I am an addict, and you're like, oh. But confessing that is so important. That's why I believe at those at those twelve step programs they say, hey, I'm Tom, and I'm an alcoholic. Right. But acknowledging it with your lips is something powerful about saying I'm freeing this from just being my burden to those around me helping me. Well, we we see it all the time, and like if you want to get a plan done. If you want to come up with a plan, you just don't let it rest, reside in your head with the idea. Eventually, you have to write it down. And then if you want to see that plan actually be accomplished, you have to share it with someone because it's in the sharing of it that all of a sudden it takes weight and it becomes real. It's not just this concept or this idea. It actually becomes real. And that's what we're talking about with confession. And yeah. so I guess maybe the second question is, um, first one is, what lies are you telling yourself? Yep. The second one is, who are your others? Who are your others? You know, confess your sins to each other. So who are your others? And this this may be a hard thing because you may not have a group of guys around that you can say, hey, here's here's my issue without them going, oh, I don't have those issues. And you're like, yeah, okay, so your issue is lying that you don't have any issues. <laughs> We've all got something. And the thing is, when we think that our sin is worse than someone else's, that that is the lie of the enemy. Like right. each sin is just as bad. I mean, we are just as impure uh, when, when, when it comes to our attempts to sin. Like there's not the worst sin right. or, you know, better sin. It is us realizing we're all broken. So we need to share this with other broken people. So then they have the freedom to go, hey, by the way, I have an issue too. It may not be right. the same, but I still have an issue. And it puts everything on the table. So let me ask you this question. How do you, how do you identify or how do you cultivate the others? 
I, th- I think it comes through relationships, through true, true relationships, those that you can journey with, those you can take time with to say, hey, I'm seeing that this person is walking the same path as I do. Right. The relationships, the times. This may not be an immediate thing for you, but this may be, hey, I need to connect with some guys to, to be purposeful to go. Hey, let's let's spend some time together. Let let's hang out. Let's grab a coffee. Let's <laughs> right. let's stop and talk. Or go to Top Golf or whatever. And, yes. and I would I would suggest that the first time you hang out is not one of like let me share with you all of my dirty laundry. Yeah. Right. Because there's a fear there because you know it can be used against you. We yeah. get that. Yeah. So there has to be a a longevity of this relationship that's been invested in for a, a season yeah. where there's trust, there's hope, and there's been some times that you've gone through some struggles and some successes, and the trust has been built up so that when it becomes time of like, hey, I'm going to be out of town, I'm on a sales call for the week, next week and a half, and I know I have a propensity to drink too much, and when I drink too much, I do really stupid things, Yeah, you better have a brotherhood that can, can not just be there to confess to after the week, but is there before the week saying, I'm praying for you every night, and I'm going to call you in the morning, and I'm going to see how you did. And Correct. I expect you to be honest with me. And if you're not honest with me, you better check your spirit, because if you're lying to one of your best friends, there's a problem there. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? So, so finding guys, so even if it's just one guy to be real with, Absolutely. to share that struggle with, I think that's the first thing. So let me ask you a, a question. A lot of us would, would, would maybe look to, if we're a part of a church, if we're a part of a community, we would look to the pastor to be that. I know there's some church traditions, some faith traditions that, that will highly value the confession to the pastor. Yeah. Right? The, the one-on-one confession to the pastor. And that is good. What we're talking about, though, I think is a whole nother level where yeah. it's not just confessing it out loud to a pastor. He's not on the journey with you. Yeah. You need to fe- feel empowered to confess it to someone who is on the journey with you. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like you need to find the other piece of iron that you do life with. Right, right. And so the one that you can be cut and bloody with and be real with and say, this is where I'm at. So finding that that person is crucial. That's the first step. Finding someone. I love that phrase. Who cut and bloody with. Yeah, like you've get someone that, that that knows who you are yeah. at at the core and says, "Hey, can I share this with you?" Right. And can you not be <laughs> a jerk right now, you know? <laughs> and so so it, and you you because will find those people. Because because sometimes when when you know, I, I look back to uh, Game of Thrones and when they're practicing their sword battles and stuff like that, they try to as much as possible in their practice to not hurt each other, but there are times that you end up hurting each other, yeah, right? Absolutely, and, and that's okay. The, the 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 goal is saying, "Hey, I I just blooded you, and I apologize. Can we move beyond this? Yeah, and continue to engage in this iron sharpening iron, even though the shrapnel hurt you and it hurt me." Yeah. So finding that guy, prayer, prayerfully deciding, prayerfully making decisions. Say, God, I need to find someone like this. God will bring someone to you. God will bring someone as you seek that out because that, that's what he wants for you. He wants you to be in some, some sort of community with someone you can be open and honest and real with. So that's the first thing, confession. And then I think from there it just becomes an action of like, okay, what do I do? Okay, now I've confessed it. What do I do? And I think the first thing is knowing your triggers, knowing mm. what sets you off. Right. And this is where you might even need, need to make a list. Okay, when I do this, it leads here. You know, because Scripture says, you know, uh, uh, you know temptation you know, leads to sin. So, so, so this idea of, of we think about it, we like respond to it and go, okay, this is, this is where I'm tempted. So maybe you start, you start at the sin. What brought me here? Right. Every right. time that I've talked to someone who's been caught in a sin, they're like, I cannot believe I was there. Well, what got you to that point? It wasn't, right. it wasn't, you woke up one day and said, Hey, I think I'm going to have an affair. It's like, no, I, it's like you, you, something caused you to take a step that said, okay, this is okay. Right. And then this is okay. 
and, bringing and, yourself back to that right and, and, and going back to AA and the, the great things that they've discovered and that you know regardless of your personal opinion about AA one of the things they talk about is knowing your trigger and they have the acronym HALTS right which is um, you know when you're hungry yep you know, is that a trigger for you? Yep. So make sure that you're not hungry. When you get angry, is that a trigger for you? When you're lonely, yeah. is that a tr- when you're tired, is that a trigger for you? And yeah. I have a really good friend of mine who's uh, on this journey with me, and uh, we are definitely accountability brothers. And we've That's shared cool. with each other, like, this is my trigger. And one of his triggers is when he's tired. Yeah. You know, and so I know looking at his calendar and I know looking at his schedule, the seasons when he's becoming tired and I've been given permission by him to become proactive into his life Yeah, and texting him or calling him and saying, dude, I know you've been running pretty fast. Are you tired? Yeah. And he knows that's the key word that what I'm really asking is, are you resisting temptation? Yes. Or are you falling into temptation? And that allows that honest conversation to happen. Yeah, you know, before you so have to sit there and go, okay, so did you do it again? It's like, right. where are you? Like, let me stop you way back in the beginning before you fall off the cliff. Right, right, right. So, uh, so know your triggers. Know your triggers. Like, like, you have to take time to evaluate the the sins that's in your life, the journey that gets you to that point, and what are the triggers, and then get your brotherhood to know that trigger, and then be proactive and 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 actually investing in your life in that way. And, and a lot of it is again, uh, Satan loves to keep us isolated. Yeah. To think that we're all alone. What did he say from God from the very beginning? Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. Yep. Right? And I think that's true in a whole host of different levels. Absolutely. And one of them is when you think that you're alone on your spiritual journey or you're alone in your sin or you're alone in your mistake, Satan is winning. Absolutely. Because he knows the longer he keeps you alone in that, the longer he has the lever that will continually, he'll trip when it's time to get you to um, become disobedient. Um, and then he loves just racking you with guilt yeah after yeah. the moment that's it like he'll he'll bring you to that point and then he'll blame you for for everything that happened yeah so yeah. so 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 you gotta you gotta know your triggers and then you know if you're going man i i, I don't see this as, as a huge issue so bring yourself to the point of okay you are found out whatever it is you're found out mm. lying at work and you've lost your job or you found Anger out at home yeah you find out you know you know uh, uncle sam knocks on door and says hey we need to go back to your last seven years of your taxes you, you know what another another good one i think that i, I just want to speak real, no, real okay. quick is um our culture celebrates workaholics and i think that's that's one of those um disobedience you know god wasn't joking when he says i've created the sabbath day for you yeah you know, so that you would find rest. Take time so they'd rest. reconnect with your family. And I think there's a lot of guys, one of the, the hidden ones that most of us struggle with is we work ourselves to death. We get home and we have nothing left for our families, yeah. nothing left for our kids, yeah. nothing left for our grandkids. And uh, it is absolutely destroying us. And so that's another one where you're like, be honest with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, know where you're at. So bring yourself to the point of being found out. Like, like how would you feel if whatever you were caught in right now or the thing, the little weed that you haven't pulled... Um, how would you feel if the, those closest to you re, like, like found out, and how would they react? Bring yourself to there now, yeah. So that so that you're put to a point of, am I really? Is this really worth it in the long run? You know, a really good, um, a, a really good exercise to to help illustrate this. And the, I was I learned this exercise a long time ago, and it was like now that you've kind of identified your sin and you've identified some of your triggers, take a moment and write the newspaper article. Mm. That would be above the fold. On the front page, mm. so-and-so was a great dad and a great husband, but, you know, yeah. and, and just write it out and, and just go through that exercise of saying, what would be the impact of this sin being unchecked in my life? 
Yeah. And and the destruction that it would bring to the people and to the very things that I love and I've been investing in for the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years of my life. Yeah. And and that should wake us up to the ultimate need for the yeah. brotherhood. Because if you're driving around right now and you're thinking, "Ah, oh, yeah, I got it. No big deal. There's nothing really big under the sun." Or I'll just stop. Right. You know, I'll just stop. You know, there there was a pastor who I heard, you know, this whole Ashley Madison thing that came out like two years ago. Whatever. I don't know. Time flies so fast. But this Ashley Madison right. thing. And there was so a- if you don't know, Ashley Madison um, was a website that um, guys could log into. And basically it was a hookup website for married men is basically yeah, what exactly, it was. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so somebody... Uh, hacked it, went into it, and there was. I remember hearing this story about this one pastor, who who was on there apparently, and instead of confronting it, he and he was. I guess he was a sweet guy. From what the family said, he was a sweet guy. He loved his kids. He loved his grandkids. But he was on having this like affair. Well, instead of confessing it, he committed suicide. Wow. And so it wasn't just him. It was everybody that followed after him in his ministry, that that he found himself completely lost and hurting and alone. And so so I think I think now it's to say. Pull these weeds before they before they fill up the whole yard. Right. You know, um, you know. I think about Gollum, and you know, it's like in in like Lord of the Rings. I love Lord, Lord of the Rings and watching it because the the spiritual connection mm. there. But I remember at the end, as the world is literally blowing up, and there's like, <laughs> the, you know, the the good guys are, are being destroyed by the but, you know by all the bad guys and the the orcs and all that kind of stuff. And Gollum grabs that ring and he looks at it at the very end. Like he ends up like ripping off Frodo's finger and all right, that kind of right. stuff. And he's like, my precious. And in the midst of everything blowing up, for some reason, he still felt that that was a beautiful thing. Right. And he was willing to die for that. And so so what I'm saying is before we get to this point of my precious, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> we find ourselves going, I need to confess this and drop this ring right. before it has complete and utter dominion over me. Right. Um, you know, Galatians 5.17 uh, talks about uh, the idea that, that the, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other and to keep you from, uh, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So we are made to live this abundant life. We, we are made to become who God's designed, to, uh, designed us to become. And it starts with us letting go of the garbage that we hold on to. Right. So for us to stop and say, here's, here's my issue. Here's the things that catch me off. I need to confess this, this to another human being and let this sin die right? so that we can truly become who God's created us to become. This isn't just to stop touching the wet paint because it's not fun. We know that this is fun. This is, this is a, a false adventure. Right. So for us to begin to live the true adventure, we have to let go of this false adventure and begin to pursue what God has actually called us to do. And that false adventure is bigger than one individual. I promise you that. And, uh, and so like Bill and I, like I got two guys, Bill's one of them. Um, and, uh, those are the guys that like, I, I know, you know, I know my temptations. I know my sin. I know how it would destroy and wreck ministry yeah. for the long haul. Yeah. And so when I'm entering into a season where I'm like, I'm tired or I'm whipped or mentally I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm learning <laughs> at 45, I'm learning how to become proactive and saying, I know around the corner, this is coming up. Yeah. And I cannot do this my own. And so I need you guys to do two things. One, pray for me. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I need you to be calling me. I need you to be texting me. And I need you to be asking me the question that no one is willing to ask. Yeah. And um, and I give them permission to do that. And uh, that has been huge because now I know it's not just me. It's these other guys. And I want to honor them and their friendships. And so it, it's just another barrier or hurdle that we've been been that I've put up between me and the sin and that that would absolutely destroy me, my family and my ministry. 
Yeah, you know, uh, just reading through as we kind of continue to throw scripture, you guys, because this is, the truth is in the word. And so for us to begin to pursue after this, but, you know, uh, Romans 6 verse 12 says, uh, you know, that, that do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into its sinful desires. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Even though we believe this lie, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. When we sin, we feed the old master. Right. We, 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 right. we give him, like, you know, there's just times where, you know, Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh. And so many times, we, we, we don't know if this was a physical thorn or if this was a spiritual, emotional, mental thorn. I think the reason why he kept it so vague is because it can be any of those things. Right, right. And so for us to feed that is telling is telling our old man is telling our the guy in the corner who's who's hungry for this that's speaking to you whether it's lies whether it's deceit whether it's lust whether it's whatever it is all these there's so many elements that we can uh, that we that we try not to feed but when we feed it it's amazing how hungry they are and they yes. he just wants yes. to feed so keep the old man dead starve the old man remind him that he has no dominion over you that this, that you are gods and then begin to focus on who you want to become because mm. the best way mm. to keep your focus off of what you know it's like it's like when i'm when i'm trying to eat good and i'm like okay i'm not going to eat chocolate i'm not going to eat chocolate i'm not going oh that chocolate sounds good i'm not going to eat chocolate <laughs> it, it's not just not doing it it's it's going okay I want to go and throw the ball with my son. Mm-hmm. I want to go and go on hikes with my family. I want to go swimming. I want to go do these things. Well, if I fill myself with this negative, this sugar that's that's destroying me, I'm not going to be able to do those things. Right. So focus on the things of who you want to become. Let go of those things. But it takes you connecting with someone else. So stop, like identify the lies. Be honest with your triggers. Mm-hmm. Find that brotherhood. And then yes. I think the other thing is have a compelling vision on the horizon that is more more desirous for you than the immediate pleasure that whatever that sin would give. Yeah. You we, know? You know, we, we talked about a long time ago about creating a vision, kind of a vision map or like a vision page in our families. Right. And so pull that back out. If you haven't read that one, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and find it. I don't know which one it is now. It's in the first season. So start start at, start at one and go all the way through. <laughs> You'll find it. But but find yourself creating. Good plug. Yeah. Find yourself creating a a, a page that says, this is who I want to become. And then when you're ready to, to fall into these issues, to fall into these sins, to make these decisions, pull that out and go, this is who I really want to become. This is not helping me become who I want to become. Right. And compare that to yourself. Compare that to where you are now. Right. And then begin to let go of that sin so that you can become who God's truly designed you to become. I love it. I love it. Hey, you guys, it is uh, a battle that we all fight. And uh, though the actual uh, temptations may be unique to each individual, um, the reality is is that uh, any one of us can be disqualified from the race that we're running um, because we've given temptation entirely too much weight and we've fallen into sin. You know, and we want a journey with you. So when I mean that, if you don't have somebody right now, Send us an email, info at known yeah. legacy, and we want to pray for you. Right. You, don't, you don't have to be specific. Just say, hey, hey, I'm going through something, and I need I need to find a piece of iron. Or, hey, I need to get through this, and I need God's help. We want to pray for you. So just give us your first name, and we're going to we're gonna be praying for you guys. Right. So we appreciate those, all those emails. We read all of them. And so I want to let you know that info at known legacy, we want to be your first step to helping you find right. someone that you can journey with to be real with. And in final, um, this is Bill and I's heart. This is why we are able to do what we do. It's because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And never doubt the forgiveness that he has for you. Absolutely. And even if you've fallen into that sin, 
even if you give into that temptation over and over and over again, God's grace is sufficient for you. Yes. Um, and he has brought you a band of brothers. He yeah. has brought you guys around you. You may not see that. You may not know that. But maybe that's a step, too, is, is God opening your eyes to not just the forgiveness and the grace he won for you at the cross, but the guys that he has surrounded you with. Yes. Love it. Listen, guys, we're for you. God is for you. Uh, we can we can overcome this because Christ has already over, overcome the world. So live in his power. Live in that. Find someone else to journey with this who can remind you of that on a constant basis and move forward becoming who God's designed you to become. Love it. Uh, season two starting in September and uh, excited about what's ahead. God bless you guys. Um, we're in this journey and this battle together. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.